Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on purpose discussions, and magical moments. to talk purpose and truth. I can't believe this is over 100 episodes now. This is our 101st episode. Very cool. Uh, We're back on Zoom just for this couple of next episodes because it was easier. And Eden's not able to be here today. So I am hosting for the first time on our show solo. So I'm excited for that, even though, of course, we're totally going to miss Eden. And I am thrilled to have this wonderful guest here today, and I'll tell you about her. Monique Loray is an entrepreneur, author, podcast host, and two-time Emmy-winning producer. Woohoo! She has a passion for startups that merge with brands in and around the influencer and awards show space in Hollywood. After launching her documentary film business in a smoky lounge in the Las Vegas airport, after meeting the uncle of Jacqueline Salyers, James Rideout, she was inspired to help with Justice for Jackie's story. Media production, wine, and startups with her down-to-earth humorous approach to life, Monique aims to continue building her empire while helping others build theirs through entrepreneurship. Welcome, Monique. Thank you, Kim. What a lovely read. I've never heard it out loud like that before. And it sounds good coming from you. <laughs> right? It's, it's exciting. So, um, yeah, we we wanted Monique to be on the show. We, we actually got to be on her show. And I know that uh, we got to know you, I think, through Susan Salgado. Yes, and, I love yeah, Susan. We yes. love Susan, too. And then Susan is... Um, related to Judy, and Judy oh. was on our show. Nice. Okay, Judy it's Thurston. all we're all in this circle of love together, <laughs> right? So I love how that's all synchronicity and serendipity. So yes. tell us how you got started doing work in the entertainment industry and with what you do. Sure, Kim. Thank you so much for, again for having me and um, sending Eden healing vibes. Um, and yes, I got into the space right around the same time Susan Salgado got into uh, the entertainment world. Uh, it was twenty two. Excuse me. It was twenty one years ago. So about the end of nineteen ninety nine towards two thousand, that holiday season going in. And Sam Rima, who was a mutual, he's still a mutual friend of Susan and I's. Uh, he was doing he's casting mine for too, I think. Yeah, you know Sam, everybody knows Sam Rima. I mean, yeah. or he's at least approached you to be on a show at least once. So um, if you've been around LA, you've probably met Sam or been to one of his parties. And he was casting at the time, um, and it was called Rally Studios uh, off Bronson and, and Hollywood Boulevard. So uh, he was needing some casting help and I'm outgoing. Back then I had more energy than now, if you can believe it. And he just said, hey, you're good with people. Help me cast this show. And it was a dating show. It was called Love Her or Lose Her. And I remember it like, you know, it was just then. It just happened because um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to talk to people. He was right about that. And we recruited people, got them on the show. And I saw an increase in my income. And I just really loved being out there. 
And uh, it kind of snowballed in a good way from there. I got referred for the next show and then I worked my way up and right around the dating show space is where my sweet spot was. And I eventually headed to the department, um, one of the casting departments at MTV for Dismissed um, and then rolled into Next. And that was kind of the sister show of Date My, date my uh, excuse me, Pimp My Ride and Parental Control. So it, it just kind of grew from there, Kim. So, that's yeah. so cool I it's funny because my husband and I love watching those shows and I remember dismissed and next next yeah so cool yeah it's yeah. a little brutal but we had fun it is it is it's fun and then they're bringing back some of those shows now and you know my husband will kill me for saying this but before we were together he was on studs <laughs> oh well Jackie um Jackie Pittman actually did the casting for that and so we're all kind of in this reality game show bubble. Did he have a good time though? Oh yeah, this funny, I love it. It's funny stories. And I made fun of him when I started dating him years ago for being on that show. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. What, what have been some of your most exciting experiences with media? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's been a lot of cool things that have happened and a lot of crazy things that have happened. And I actually put that in a book um, that I'm still waiting to publish. Uh, it is called Token Reality Book, uh, a, a ratchet road tell of a reality TV producer. Nice. <laughs> because lots of craziness. But some of the more um, invigorating moments, if you will, have been, um, for instance, on Inked. It was the first tattoo shop slash show in the Palms in Las Vegas um, when the Maloose owned it. And mm -hmm. uh, it was Carrie Hart um, and Hart and Huntington. So it was Carrie Hart and a guy named John Huntington. He was known for like the pimp and hoe rave type shows. So totally. they came together. Yeah. So it was called Hart and Huntington and the show was called Inked and it was on A&E. I helped a gentleman propose to his now fiance slash wife, I hope. I, I haven't checked up on them. Uh, but he, you know, was coming in from San Diego and he had never had a tattoo and he wanted to get a tattoo on the show and proposed to his girlfriend. And we, he picked a ring. He sent me pictures of the ring and I didn't know what I was doing with that, but I gave as much guidance as I could. And he actually got the tattoo and proposed on the show. So that was a really invigorating moment. I saw how in love he was with her. She said, yes. And, um, yeah. You know, oh my god, been... that's so special and cute. I remember that show too. Yeah, it's a good show. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Something memorable and meaningful. Um, and then you also you've done a lot of stuff with documentaries. And what is Justice for Jackie's story? Sure. Yeah, you know, actually, um, Kim, this is a newer space for me. I'm by no means an expert in the documentary film um, space. I am completely green and novice, and I'm absorbing it up now. But what I did do is I threw myself into the pandemic storyline, if you will, and we all were doing that at the same time and still kind of are a little bit. So um, before the pandemic hit, I was working with uh, uh, Jacqueline Sawyer's family out of Tacoma, Washington, and they are the Puyallup tribe of Indians. And they had a loss in their tribe and it was Jacqueline Sawyer's. She was, uh, it's kind of sad. And, um, you know, she was pregnant, unarmed and murdered by the Tacoma police. Um, they were looking for her child's father and he was able to flee the scene with a gun in his possession and she was murdered on the scene. Her body was moved. There was a lot of suspicious um, things that were around her death. And so if you know anything about, you know, um, the Native American, um, you know, treaty, if you will, with America, you know, they're a sovereign 
people and they are protected because of the history of this country with, towards them. And they have a, a certain way that they have to move when it comes to Native Americans in this country. And so that completely violated um, that space with them mm -hmm. between the government. And so I never really miss a flight, especially if I have something to do with business. I'm pretty anal about my time. I've learned it from the past and uh, I've been better about that. But this day was the kind of day, Kim, that it just wasn't working. <laughs> I right. was not to be. I was not to be at that event. I was to be in a, in a, in a smoke-filled lounge in Vegas, and I emphasize smoke, smoky lounge because I don't smoke cigarettes and I don't care for the smell of it. And I had to go in that space and plug my phone in and try to get my life together for that mm -hmm. day. And I ran into James Rideout, and that's Jocelyn's um, uh, uncle, and it was just like. The world stopped and I needed to be there and need to hear the story. And since then, it changed my life, the trajectory of my life, um, helping this family tell their story. So we have a sizzle reel up on YouTube, Justice, the number four, Jackie, and that highlights what has go gone on. Um, and they passed 940, which is the first and only de-escalate law in, um, in the US. And, and California has adopted it as well, but Washington State was the first one. And that's to help train um, police officers because we want them to go home to their families as well. So it's not about F the police. It's more about let's help them help us. And, and the family and the tribe has forged that. So uh, that's the first one. Unfortunately, there's a lot of justice for fill in the blanks that we can do. Mm -hmm. And Justice for Andrea Bryson is there and a lot of other things. So long-winded answer, but it's pretty notable and important to, to kind of share that with you. Right. So. That's a, that's a life changing thing that you've been involved with for many. Do you feel that when that happened, you had any inclination, like any intuitive feeling like I'm supposed to be doing something else today, or I'm led into going into this area or anything? Yeah. Or was it just at that moment? Yeah, no, that's a really great question. I never really pondered that. I kind of just tend to go. Um, but now that you're asking, I would say, you know, when I couldn't get to the event in a timely manner and I couldn't get anyone to go on my behalf um, and I found myself in, you know, engulfed in this story and, and feeling a certain way about it, I said, oh, you know, I think later that day, maybe that evening, um, I said, oh, OK, this is why, you know, this is why I missed my flight because I just don't. And um, so I think afterwards I had probably a moment of clarity of like, okay, and, and I took it on right away and um, things shifted. People wanted to see what I was doing because I was working with them. People, I felt energetic support. You know, we talked about Abraham Hinton universe and all those things. I felt energetic universal support and other things that I was trying to move that maybe I didn't have support or movement in those things. And people saw my overall so it kind of created itself for me. And I, and I always mm -hmm. wanted to have more depth. You know, I didn't want to just get people laid on the dating shows, although that's fun. You know? <laughs> I mean, everyone's, yeah. you know, you want to help people with their love life. So the answer, the long and short answer is, I guess perhaps in the back of my mind, I wanted to be taken seriously in a different way. Um, and this provided that. Right, right. It sounds like your heart and mind were open to it. It was like the right timing. But yeah. that's that's very magical. It's like that. Uh, there's this movie from maybe, gosh, I think it's probably 20 years old called maybe more called Sliding Doors with Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. And oh, okay. it shows in the movie, like if her life had gone one way 
or another way just by her getting on a subway and getting off at a certain place. And yes. it shows you like if you hadn't been there, you know, it, it's it's really amazing when you think about life like that and you review your timeline of what's yeah. meant to happen for you, you know? Amen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you have another documentary that you recently won an award at the Toronto Film Festival about the pandemic. Are you able to talk about that at all? Of course. Um, it's a pleasure to talk about that as well. Um, this is exciting because while going to um, going through the thing with with justice for Jackie and wanting to um, and wanting to uh, make that my focal point, uh, the pandemic happened, right? So everything came to a screeching halt, and I realized I had to change anything I was doing. And I said, "Well, wait a minute! I know how to 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 produce and cast people. Everyone's at home. Everybody wants to talk about this, or at least." they have an opinion about it and it's affecting them why not jump in grab a camera call two crazy friends that will get on a plane with me at this time you know mask up and 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 interview people and that's exactly what we did we don't feel that the pandemic is a political issue um we feel that it's a human interest topic um and we approached it that way i told anyone on my team divorce any politics around this if you're going to be here and embrace the stories that are coming forth i want to hear about human interest i want to hear about how people are surviving how they're not surviving how their business because i have a startup show how their businesses are in this time and it's a historical moment for us to document so i felt really passionate about that the last one was 100 some years ago and we didn't have the technologies to document it so i said why not me i knew i'd be socially responsible and wear my masks and um i'm blessed with really good health and i don't have children so even if something happened to me you know there's that so i did all those checklists you know as i was getting on the plane and um, I feel really honored that people trusted us with their story in that vulnerable moment. So, mm -hmm. so here wow, we are. that's brave. And I think that so many people are still in almost like an aftershock of, of what happened, that yes. there's going to be a time very soon where people are ready to watch things about it and really study it and take it in and go, wait a minute, what happened? What did I get out of this? Like, you know, what did I learn? What did other people go through? So I think that that is genius. And it's really giving a gift back to all of us. Because you're right, that's crazy to think about, like, it was just written about with maybe a few photographs way back 100 years ago. And now you can watch things and really take in how people were feeling. Yes. And you hit it right on the head, Kim. Right now, it is still really raw. And it, cause you know, it's hitting people in different ways. And so, sorry, my phone was ringing and I was trying to get rid of it. <laughs> I'm sorry guys. <laughs> um, so I, um, I, I, I feel the way you do in that when we come up for air and we want to do a collective reflection, it'll just be there. It'll be there. Cause I put it in here, buy this film and write us a nice size check and bless us with that. And we're going to be, it'll be there for when you guys are ready to watch it and reflect. So. Right. And goal. I think still learn, you know, because a lot of countries are still, even the US, we're still, you know, experiencing it just in different ways. But like, yes. like one of my team members um, from the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, Glenn, they're in lockdown in Sydney right now. So I mean, it's still going. Wow. 
It is. And as, you know, as it's kind of, and I just spoke with one of my brand partners in Bali and, and that's close to, you know, that side of the world where your partner is. Um, she said as well that the, you know, cause they, that's an island that depends on tourism, right? So they are, she's been going through it and they are starting to close down as well again. And with the Delta variant on the rise here in America, I'm actually leaving on Monday to go to Europe and I'll be there for seven to 10 days. And it's, it's one of those things where we're doing a part two because of course there's a big bad world out there. We don't want to just focus on America. I want to be thorough in my documenting. So there's actually going to be three films, three parts of this. Um, So it'll be the American chapter, the world chapter. And then there's a third version that we're not going to announce yet, but but I will. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm moving about it. As, as soon as I can. However, I know that some people are completely over it. Some people are back in it and some people never really left. So I feel like we're, we're, we're still going to be a while, unfortunately. Right. Until we're all done. Yeah. Right. So the films but, will be there when you guys are ready. <laughs> but very, so. very bold and courageous of you. So I think that's awesome. And I'm Thank noticing, you, you know, it's you're very unique, Monique unique, um, hey. in that, you know, you did all that stuff with love life, you know, people in their love lives and relationships, and then the human and the social, and then your podcast is the startup, which helps business and success and entrepreneurs. Can you talk about that part? Oh, this is the sweet spot, right? This is the fun. Like, I love ideas. I've always been this way. I've always been this person. Uh, My neighbor would see me coming down the street with my clipboard, and he knew that he was going to have to get something out of his wallet because I was selling something for school. There was a fundraiser. There was a competition. I've always been an entrepreneur. The the lemonade stand, the yard sale, the window washing, that was me. I was that kid. So um, I'm true to that. And um, in this space with the startup, I can kind of talk to other people about their lemonade stand, you know, so to speak. How did you get that started? How did you how did you find the money? How did you find the team? And we just want to highlight any and all businesses from around the world and tell their startup story and their struggle and their success and the fact that they don't know what the hell they're doing and that's okay too. So um, it's just kind of a genuine place of like really enjoying um, seeing things, thoughts become things off the paper and uh you know, it gives me great pleasure to see it and also to help them get in front of certain people that might help push their brand forward. So, and I'm learning every week. So the start awesome. Have you, have you had someone on there that really stood out like later on down the road after they've been on your podcast, they just took off and you're going, Whoa, that's crazy. Like, is there a good example of that? Yeah, really great question. I will say there's a couple people that have Loda the, the brand partner spoke of in Bali, she has two different brands. She actually has a jewelry brand. This is one of her rings. It's got like nice. a Nordic, yeah, like Nordic style. She's Swedish, but she lives in Bali. So it's inspired. And then she has a Nordic delights company that's food and catering and coach food coaching and things. So she did my podcast many times, but she also had some things going. She took some advice, put it all together in the EPK press release and got on a cover of, uh, I believe it was um, a European Vogue or European, um, I'll have to check, but it was one of the big major magazines out in Europe. So that really stood out for me. And I'm like, wow, that's 
that's amazing. I can't take credit for that, but she put it all together. Um, and another person who actually is yet to be on my podcast, and if he did, it was probably two years ago, I don't remember now, but his name is Billy, Billy Brown from BB's Heaven and Hell Seasoning. And he took a little piece of my advice and he was working with one other lady and he was doing less than a hundred units uh, a month. And mm-hmm. he shot up to uh, thousands, if not tens of thousands per month. And wow. he did some placements. Oh my gosh. And he actually did a little testimonial. And we had that on my social media. Um, we posted that. So really just taking advice, putting your press where it needs to go, making a list of where you want to see your brand and then executing and, and, and re- doing the outreach to get it um, has helped some of those brands. So yes. So yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And you, I think you help people go bigger for their dreams. Oh, thank you, Kim. I definitely push. I've been called all of it, um, aggressive, assertive, pushy, um, all, and I <laughs> welcome, I mean, you know, I guess what's on the other side of being pushy, lackadaisical, I, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll just say that I love the side that I'm on, so. Right, well, so how do you handle that? Like, if you, if you have someone who gives you feedback like that, and a lot of pe- people would take that as an insult when actually you've had a lot of success from that. So how would you help other people who want to be bold like you turn around the communication to look at it as a positive, like reframe it? Right. No, you know, it, for a while I did, like I wrestled with it a little because I'm like, gosh, you know, they don't really know where I come from or how it's been. And to throw unsolicited uh <laughs> compliments, if you will, or feedback, I guess. If you, So in the past, I would really internalize it and take it on. But if you're going to be in business, especially if you don't have anything in the beginning, like I did, um, you have to grow a thicker skin. And so my advice would be just talk to yourself, have an internal conversation about who you really are, where you've been, where you're going, because not everybody can go to Harvard, right? Like not everybody's story is the same. How you get there and where you're going is going to be completely different from someone else. So they're only looking at you from their perspective and their experiences. So you don't have to take that on. You can just go, all right, that's one way to look at it. Um, You don't have to like die because someone called you aggressive. I'd rather be aggressive than passive and lazy and non-engaging and lackadaisical did I say that I, I would I would just rather be me so if you find that I'm aggressive maybe you're right yeah maybe you're right yeah yeah <laughs> when I I have a confidence course course and one of the things that I teach or just remind people of are that you don't want there's going to be probably about 60% of people who just love you and are on your team and there's going to be about 40% that don't like you for some reason And you don't really have the room to let everybody in. You'd be depleted. And not everybody is going to be on your team or on your side. And that's okay. It's the same thing. If you're voting for AGT or American Idol or the president or whatever, there's always going to be that percentage that doesn't like you. And so too many people are paying attention to that percentage that doesn't like them and letting that bring them down. Yeah. And I love that you do those courses. And I would really love to take one too, just to do like a refresher because, you know, (laughs) you get those times. Yeah. I mean, you can still be tough as nails. I think what what really helps me though, uh, Kim, is that I was an athlete, right? So I, I ran hurdles and I wound up being like the eighth fastest hundred meter hurdler in the state of California in 1996 
1998. Wow. So, excuse me, 96, 96, excuse me. It was my senior year in high school. And I went and ran in Mount Sac uh, in 98. So, you know, the confidence piece, the being okay with where you are, all that comes really from my athletics, my sports training. And I really encourage parents to get their kids into sports. It's really going to help you down the line anyway with life. Um, but yeah, just kill the noise. Like you said, you don't need everybody's approval. I think that also probably comes from childhood stuff. You know, you want to people please your parents. You want, you know, the people that you love and, and that you're supposed to make happy, happy. And it trickles down sometimes, but you have to remember why you started your brand. You have to remember who you are, where you're trying to go. You can't take everybody with you. And so not everybody's going to see the vision and not everybody's, what is that saying? You can't sell your dream, your big dreams to small minded people. Right. Yeah. Cause they don't, they can't even see it. <laughs> they don't even know where you've been. They don't know that you almost slept in your car or that you, you know, were almost homeless or probably were, or you had to work for job. Like they don't know that. So right. how are they going to, you know? So anyway, yeah, exactly. I think you're right about the 60, 40. Right. Um, on that same note, it's so different out there right now. And you may not know the answer either, but everyone has these different perspectives on being an entrepreneur now or how it is to sell right now because of what happened with the pandemic and just people's attitudes are different. And there's a lot of fear in the air. What do you feel is just some simple advice on people still going out there and aiming for their goals? Yes. Um, I think you have to keep it lean. I just had an interview um, a few weeks ago and he asked me a similar question and I told you know, that audience to keep it lean, still lean forward in your startup, but just trim it down. Um, you don't need that office cell phone number for that business yet. You haven't made any money in that business yet. Um, so definitely launch it, get your Instagram page up, get your landing page, but first get your trademark, um, get a logo, establish it, and just do one new thing or do a repetitive thing each day towards that brand and find and let the audience come to you. How you can tell that something's growing really fast. And what I've been seeing is that when you put your brand on Instagram specifically and you post the, the amount of followers, organic followers, not the ones that you buy or try to boost, uh, but you want to look at your organic followership. If you see that there's some, some traction there pretty quickly, you might be on to something. So I would look at that and I would say, don't stop. Commerce is not going to stop. Just like we're seeing the pandemic go away and revive and go away in different patches around the world. So is the commerce. People still need to eat. People still need to sleep somewhere. People are still going to get entertainment. People are still going to get all the services somehow. How right. can you be inventive in this space? How can you keep it lean? And uh, test your market with your family and friends, I would say. Mm, really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's been crazy. Just I've been doing the same thing because I was so immersed in having live meetings and live events. And I'm just getting my feet wet with that again. Like kind of like, okay, I'm having yeah. a little live event. Let's see. Like, how do you guys feel about doing that again? You know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And so a social media is such a great way to test it out and just see what your responses are. Absolutely. And with you, Kim, you have, um, you know, a very um, energy, you know, you have to like being within the vicinity of the person. I feel like with your brand, you, it's important to, to feel them and, and be around them. So the fact that you were able to shift into this space and still do it is great. But I see a lot of people, you know, in the healing space and the energy space doing what you're doing. Right. 
Right, exactly. I do. I prefer in person, but I did a lot online throughout the pandemic and it was still great. Um, okay. Thank God, right? Just like we're doing right, right now. And, yes. I, you know, you meet people and you forget that I, like, I, I feel like we've hung out in person. I'm like, wait, I've only met her over Zoom know. or, you know, know. so it's pretty crazy how you can get to know people that way. It's like the Jetsons. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God, we are the Jetsons. I wow. know. We've really stepped into the Jetsons era. Um, anyways, all right. Well, I would love to know what are you working on now? I know you're working on the, the documentary and what else? And how can we find you? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we are doing the pandemic film, which is part two to the Pandemic Project documentary. Um, if you haven't seen it, you can go on YouTube and type in the Pandemic Project documentary. It's a long title, but it's been a long year. So you click on there and check us out. And um, it's seven minutes and 57 seconds. It's a lot longer than your average trailer, but I felt like this was a special uh, life event. And so it needed to be longer. Um, and I am working on part two of that, which is going to be the Europe, uh, Asia, Canada, South America version of that, um, Caribbean as well. So we're trying to get as much of the globe moving in and out of these countries and cities as safely as possible. And um, we'll be done with that hopefully this fall with the traveling part. And so um, we hope to bring the Pandemic Project documentary, um, the full documentary to a film festival by the end of the year. That's the goal. Um, and I'm working on revamping some of these books. I mean, I'm sitting on planes for hours. I might as well finish my books, right, Kim? I mean, right. <laughs> so that's what's next. And um, of course, you know, I have the wine caterers and my coffee brand, Silicon Beach Coffee. Those things I'm looking to revamp and have those working while I'm sleeping. You know, you should be getting revenue from those things while you're sleeping. So that's something, um, something else. And of course, the startup every Sunday at four on LA Talk Radio. So LA Talk Radio. Awesome. And we can find you on um, Facebook and Instagram too, right? Yes. Let me give you my handles. You can find me on Facebook at Monique Loray, just Monique and then L-O-R-E. And on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, The Four Horsemen, uh, Monique Loray and my last, my legal last name, which is S-T-I-N-S-O-N, Stinson, like the beach. And I want to just say, um, in the near future, and I'd like you to join me there, um, I'm going to be on Symposium um, a lot. Symposium is an app where, you know, instead of going on Twitter or, uh, excuse me, on Instagram and doing a live and then getting paid on PayPal or some other means, you do it all at once. So people book you for your time. If you're an expert or you have something to offer the market, um, your time is paid for by your audience. So uh, Symposium.us. So nice. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Monique. And it's been just really fun hanging out with you and catching up and finding out more about what you're doing. And you're such an inspiration. You're doing so much in the world. And I can't wait to see the documentary and thank be you. safe in Europe. And thank, thank you everyone for listening. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Be well. Mwah. Cheers. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.